Yo, 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 it's your boy, the Mark Rob, a.k.a. Sean Matt Love, a.k.a. Gordon Darks, a.k.a. Pacey Twitter, a.k.a. 4i Willie, coming at you with the 15th installment of Deleted Scenes. And this week's Deleted Scenes, it is basically everything from the cutting floor from the episode where we recorded with Dan. And this was originally the episode for the fourth installment of The Matrix, but this Deleted Scenes will cover a gamut of topics. We do touch on a little bit for Matrix 4, uh, but we also give uh, some love to the Animatrix, and we wish for a potential uh, Matrix (laughs) rom-com, and we also talk a little bit about some film noir, Dan, the sequel defends Tenet fervently, (laughs) and we all shit on Jared Leto. (laughs) Enjoy. I, I thought the idea that everybody had their own interpretation on what that original iconography meant that still all looked of a piece with that iconography but wasn't the same. I was like the amount of thought that went into just how like the the next generation chose to dress themselves in the Matrix. I yeah. I like I appreciate that a lot actually. And you can feel like how the 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 lore of those outfits had built within the real world of the matrix for the 60 years between the movies of like, it had sort of continued to evolve into the way you're describing of everyone sort of finding their own slant on it. I totally agree. I I was noticing that too. I love that stuff. Have you seen, or when was the last time you saw like the animatrix then? Ooh, animatrix has probably been like three or four years, something like that. It's been, been a bit but not very long so i watched it so i never watched it because i just only for whatever reason i heard it was bad and i think on on uh what's his face rotten tomatoes it probably has a decent score but i think i heard from my friends in like high school or college it was just bad so i never watched it but it was fairly decent and the Mm -hmm. story with the kid is actually really good that's the one that everyone talks about afterwards is that yeah, that, that episode. was really dope. Yeah. Um, and I like the runner. It's just this, the CGI on the um the last one with the the guy and the the black dude and the Asian woman, and they're like about to fuck, but then they don't, and then they <laughs> die in like real life. Like that one was it just eh, it was alright, but yeah, yeah, they didn't need that shit. But um it was it was pretty decent. So I think especially with the way animation kind of is now and ways to kind of elevate it. Um, I do think another animatrix um, with different directors telling this, telling like the, the skeleton story of what Lana wants to do. I think that shit would be pretty dope now. I mean, if it were up yeah, to them, I, it would be like, give, give a, an episode to a trans director and uh, women yeah. and LGBT. Like, I think they would do that. I think that would be their choice, and I think that would be the interesting thing to do, probably at this point. If 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 they do that, 
and and this person is interested though i think that they should give uh david sims an opportunity to write a <laughs> a short chunk of animatrix um specifically yes, i think please. he should probably i think he should probably get like a a, rom- a matrix rom-com i feel like he would really run with that uh mark uh david sims is the uh one of the co-hosts of uh, Blank Check with Griffin and David, and also is the main film critic for The Atlantic. Um, right. And he uh, really loves The Matrix and also loves a good smooch on, on screen. So I think <laughs> that he would uh, be a really good fit for something like that. Um, if someone if does a rom-com for The Matrix, I'm in. I'm, I'm in, if, just or, G- or GP. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, I feel like he understands the minutia of the world well enough that you wouldn't have to, like, train him on what would and wouldn't work. And honestly, and, that might, like, And there's probably a cool, like, Sam Junipero-style love story to be told oh, in that yeah. universe of, like, oh, yeah. one person being in the Matrix and one person being escaped from the Matrix, but they're in love. And, like, I, yeah, there's, there's, there's obviously fertile ground there to work with. I mean, for goodness sake, you could just do the, the the newsies thing of I'm going to Santa Fe, but my life is here. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't have a life here. I'm a newsie. And like, <laughs> you know, literally just do that. Yeah. I, I just I have one request. It, it won't make any sense at all, but it's just something that I want. Some way, somehow, we got to get Joey Pants back in the Matrix. <laughs> we got to. We have to bring. And he hasn't done anything in a while, has he? I haven't seen him acting anything in a long time. Uh, I was I was so afraid when they introduced the new crew of um, Bugs's ship that one of them was going to be a real Joey Pants uh, about the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, don't uh, yeah, do I'll that again. That that's that's yeah. That's, don't do that. Uh, yeah. The, the best on-screen steak in movie history. <laughs> I I also really liked, though, that, like, there were a couple subtle little nods to the people who came before without it feeling really heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. So at one point, uh, Neo is handed a glass of something alcoholic, and he says it's a real step up from Dozer's paint thinner. And, like, that sounded yeah. like a thing someone would actually say. Yeah. Like, um, so I thought some of those lines were handled really well. Um, yeah, they did a, but, and and that's and that's another reason why you like watching the film, like the two films, two and three, like you you have to kind of experience it just so you would get the pleasure of the payoff in four. Um, it, it, and, and this is even before I even knew that I even like four, but I kind of knew that, especially in the advertisements, that's kind of where they're going. And speaking of advertisements, so. Uh, Dan, I told Kath this, but um, I think I'm going to get off of major, uh, movie trailers uh, for 2022 also. I just feel like all you got to do is tell me in the movie. You can tell me who stars in it in a sentence synopsis, and that's going to sell me at this point. I don't need any more trailers, to be very honest. I, I hear you. I think that's an admirable, admirable goal. I think the only thing that, like, I'd be worried about missing out on, like, something like the social network trailer, which is like a real thing. Like there's a, there's real meat to the way that thing is put together. Uh, but I could, I could, I also could just wait for people to tell me that trailer is like that. I don't need to watch everything, which I think, <laughs> uh, 
like if someone's like, yo, this trailer is like kind of doing something itself. I think there's there's value to that. But in general, I think I agree with you. Like, I'm going to see it. I don't need you don't need to like show me the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of hopped off the trailer train uh, like two or three years ago now to the point where if I'm in a movie theater and there are trailers, I actively try to multitask through them. Um, yeah, because I just I, I can't. I, I am unable to. Um because like, I, I was I went into know, Spider-Man completely cold. I watched no trailers and I miraculously got nothing spoiled for me. And like I think that was the play. <laughs> like I didn't yeah. like if if I well, I know you said you haven't watched it then, so I'm not gonna spoil it for you. Mm-hmm. But I, I really wish I would have just went into that movie completely cold. Like, just the title and the date, and that's it. Like, that would have mm-hmm. been really, really a much kind of dope experience to kind of go through. Um, I wasn't... So, you know how movie theaters now, they'll... To sell movies, they, they'll show, like, a person previewing the movie and talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. There was this one advertisement for Scream, and it kind of gave two details away about the movie that I would have much rather... Uh, really enjoyed experiencing just like on its own mm-hmm. and then that would have then put me like my mind thinking of like okay who's the killer who's the killer but it was kind of like you didn't need to tell me this fact that i would have eventually got if you would have gave me the chance to so mm-hmm. i just think i just think uh movie trailer houses should trust people that they're gonna get the movie so just just let us just trust us that we're gonna actually get it just don't you know if I want to watch it, I want to watch it because I'm trying to get it. So, but then sometimes so. you get something like Ready Player One, where the trailer is better than the movie because it has no. that, dope, <laughs> that dope imagination cover over it, which is I was gonna I mean, say, uh, song. Su- Suicide Squad, the Bohemian Ooh. Rhapsody trailer. I I did not like the way they did Harley Quinn in that movie, just aesthetically, never even mind characterization wise. But she is one of my favorite characters in the Batman canon. And I saw the the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer with Panic at the Disco, and I was like, this is going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) I walked around outside for three hours after that movie because I was so viscerally angry. (laughs) Jesus, damn. (laughs) That I was like, I can't sit down, I can't eat or drink anything, I just need to, like, walk into the (laughs) darkness of the night. (laughs) Just burn off some steam. Three hours. (laughs) Damn. I've never been that pissed at a movie before. God damn. Um, actually, when I saw, I I hated fucking um, uh, Batman versus Superman. My friend Brent told me to watch it. He said it was good. It was not good. I was very upset <laughs> about that. Um, Dan, what was the last great thing you watched, Dan? What was the last great thing I watched? What a great question. Um, I just started watching The Great. Uh, with my girlfriend, which is the show on Hulu from the writer of The Favorite about mm-hmm. Catherine the Great. Um, and it's it's awesome and weird and fucked up in the way The Favorite is, but also Hilarious. hysterically funny. Uh, and I would I would highly, highly recommend it. It's uh, it's really good. I, oh, I, I watched The Nice it. Guys recently, too, as a movie. Uh, the Nice Guys is Shane Black shows why he's still the best action movie writer of all time. And that movie is so good and clever and great. And I everyone should watch Nice Guys. It's really good. 
Uh, I think I think before uh, the Matrix, uh, the last thing was uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, <laughs> and I Hilarious. I had never seen it. Um, and oh really? I, yeah. Um, my 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 partner Greg and my best friend Anders uh, found out that I had not seen it, and they were both <laughs> really really upset with me. So uh, we put together a Zoom room to watch it together. Um, I was familiar enough with the minutia that I uh, posted a a large Marge tribute on the, on the anniversary of her death in our work <laughs> chat, and nobody acknowledged it, so I felt like kind of an idiot. Speaking uh, of Lawrence Fishburne, by the way, he got his start playing a crossdresser on the Pee Wee's Playhouse TV show. That was his first acting role. Oh shit! If you wow. want to look up some vintage Lawrence Fishburne in drag, I highly recommend it. There is a non-zero chance if anyone ever comes to a Boston area Comic Con that uh, I will be running around as the the uh, sexy girlfriend to action star Pee Wee uh, from the <laughs> oh, end of the movie. Okay. So uh, y'all have been warned. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, have you Dan? Have you heard of this movie? Um, Michael Mann directed called Thief. Oh. It came out in 81. Oh, you're speaking my language. I am a big neo-noir fan, and Thief <laughs> is... Oh, actually, so here's... So I just watched The Samurai, which is a French movie from the 60s, which is sort of the the spiritual predecessor to Thief and Drive and uh, The Driver. I'll, I'm a like big neo-noir fan. That's Those are kind of the big piece of the genre. Um, yeah, Thief is incredible, and the score is from Tangerine Dream, and that score is just incredible uh i love that movie. yeah yeah I, I watched that uh two days ago that shit was she was nuts it was really good it's really <laughs> James, good james Conn's a fucking badass have you seen the last seduction because i feel like Ooh, that falls into a similar yeah. neo-noir i don't know if i have okay so oh, i will just say hard. the last 10 minutes are really fucked up bonkers fucking um, bonkers yes like like to the point that it made me lower the the my rating a whole star okay um, oh no uh, it's it's not that bad dan it's not that bad. but um well it, it's not that it's bad it's just a very sudden direction turn that in a lot of ways felt justified but like not enough um but i i think that one's really good and falls in a similar bucket of um okay the it's more of a takeoff on the female-led noir, like the Postman Always Wings Twice or Phantom Lady or something okay. like that. Um, I think it's really pretty, pretty good. Um, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm gonna check this really out. Good. It also it has like the weirdest like cult history backstory where it came out on HBO and then got huge on HBO. And to like stop people giving their friends home videotapes of it, they uh-huh. released it in theaters. Okay. Um, and then it did really oh, well on theaters, and then it got huh. like crazy DVD sales. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, that sounds up my alley. That sounds cool. Um. Like Linda Florentino and that. Oh my God, she's. Yeah, it's really. She's she incredible. Is. She's an undersung actress. She is, man. She absolutely is. Oh man. In the Samurai, that was already on my uh, t- uh, watch list, so I gotta check that out soon too. Have, it's have cool. you guys seen Kiss Me Deadly ever? Kiss Me Deadly. Oh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a well and proper. Uh, oh no, noir. this is further back than I typically go. So oh, um, I I 
own it's a it on Criterion. I own it on Criterion Collection Blu-ray. Um, first of all, uh, first on screen, uh, like it's the debut of Cloris Leachman. Um, Rad. Which is, which is just fun. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is a very, very serious mystery, the resolution of which is like the single weirdest thing ever. <laughs> like it's so self-serious and direct and then you figure out what happened and you're like what <laughs> what what <laughs> this um, movie and cover that's... feels like it would have been scandalous in oh i have oh, no. it hanging on my my work background a um, midriff a bare midriff in the 50s wow. yeah but also um y'all know the Little what's in the boom. what's in the box <laughs> sure the what's in the box that's from that Oh, huh. Hmm. What's in the box is from Kiss Me Deadly. Um, oh shit. All yeah. Right. I think oh. I think my my partner just made a a letterbox. Oh shit. <laughs> just you gotta, now. <laughs> you got to drop it. You got to drop it. Uh it is uh Grogzilla. Uh <laughs> Yeah, that's him. That's his picture. Uh I took it. I should know. Uh it is GR <laughs> O G Z I L L A. Um, he, oh boy, he's gonna be real confused why he gets a bunch of followers after I Twitter about his letterbox. Um, Twitter patter, let get, let's get at her. Uh, Dan, are you on letterbox? I am. I'm just looking it up. I got a, I got, I'm, I'm like a week or two behind on my stuff, but uh, I am just D L Kirch on letterbox. D L K I R C H. Uh, the toxic film bros of uh, Letterboxd like bothers me on like a weird biblical like level. Uh is actually my I'm... top four favorites on sorry, I'm on the uh, Letterboxd. Spell it again. Spell it again, um, Dan. Oh D-L-K-I-R-C-H. D-L-K-I-R-C-H. No spaces or anything. Oh man, Man from Uncle. I love that movie. It's a shame I, I can never watch it again. With that movie. Oh, I love it so much. It's it's sad that Army Hammer Army Hammered. Hammer. I can get over it. I like everything else about that movie so much. I don't even care. I Henry Henry Cavill oh, shit, in that movie. Your favorite. That's what's up. Yeah. Tenant rating was ridiculously low. What you rate? Hold on. What you rate Tenant? I gave it a three five, but on on reflection now, I give that a five star. That is my. No, you don't. You think I? <laughs> I vibe with the way that movie works so much. I like, I like just like to like luxuriate in the score. Ah, it's and I know I every problem people have with it, I fully acknowledge. Like, it's not perfect. <laughs> it's it's intentionally messy and confusing and sort of like whatever. Very but legit, yes. as as a Nolan's weird ass Bond movie, I'm way into it. And B, just his like that weird grinding score combined with all of the weird imagery in that movie. I just find it very, very appealing. Uh, and the more the more space I get from it, the more I like it. I haven't watched it in forever. Um, I don't know if I can. Like, I don't know if I can. Again, I realize this is my crusade as a weirdo movie fan. I just, I really, really like Tenet. Why is my crusade rock musicals? I got assigned the weirdest, <laughs> like, oh, most upsetting crusade. 
the uh, so that's the hill you're dying on rock musicals. I, Fuck it. I, why, fucking no, why not? I mean, no. I think it's just Streets of Fire is my oh, weird, okay. right. my weird <laughs> I mean, mur- murder hill. So for for whatever reason, my murder hill is like Dawson's Creek, and <laughs> like I, like your I favorite swear part God, of Scream Five, Dawson's I'm Creek. So- Fucking Lutely. I was floored when I saw fucking Dawson's Creek. As soon as I saw that, I was like, if that's Dawson Creek, Mark Robb is gonna yes. freaking lose it, dude. Yeah. I should have gave it five stars. Absolutely. fucking Lutely. That was my fucking shit, man. Because uh, you know, like, Kevin Williamson, he, like, wrote uh, the first scream and he wrote Dawson's fucking Creek, man. He's a fucking legend. He I think seems he's like, like a very normal, well-adjusted man. He he created Dawson's Creek. I'm, that's all we I'm love talking. range. Um, we love uh, a range king. Um, he he lives in the the late nineties, early two thousands teenage angst. So you know that that's all me right there. That is <laughs> right there. And sometimes one of those angst people has a knife. In um. <laughs> a sense of humor. <laughs> I will just say, this is not a spoiler for Scream 5, and I couldn't find a way to subtly fit it into the review, but, um, you know, Ghostface has always had, like, a little, like, a couple of, like, gem kind of bedazzly bits in his, uh, like, robe to give it depth. Mm-hmm. In this one, I feel like they were like, we're gonna make this bitch sparkle, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I noticed that, too. He was a shiny queen, and I loved it. Um, I noticed that, too. I thought he so looked funny. beautiful. Um, <laughs> and I am so happy that he invested in some nice quality rhinestones. I really think he's going to really make pop. it. On, he's going to make like, it on the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm telling you right now. Um, he blinded his victims. That's how he was able to kill him. I, I just like, we also got to see it in the Dolby Theater with like the nice oh, that's, sound. That's and like, he... the. If you can safely experience it in like a Dolby or surround sound theater, I know we're talking about it next week, but like do it. Uh, Cause the, they have a lot of really cool circular sound design stuff, especially as it pertains to him popping up places. Yeah. Um, so like at one point it, his sound came from like behind me to the left. Oh, damn, oh that's, that's cool. Gnarly. Yeah. That's um, so someone clearly put a lot of thought into that. Oh uh, yeah, for sure, for fucking sure. So I I will say I like licorice pizza, but I don't know if you saw my review on Letterbox of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it comes down to a love story between a fifteen and a twenty five year old, which you know that that it is what it is. There are there are folks uh, who've written that it's if you kind of experience it from the joy of um, you're like a young person kind of falling in love, whatever, whatever, like you can kind of find joy in that. Um, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's a 15 year old and a 25 year old love story. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it is enjoyable. I think it's pta's i think it's actually pta's funniest movie like it's like there's a pretty big laughs not not like it's like side splitters or whatever but they're pretty big laughs that i enjoyed 
Um, I think Lana, uh, not Lana, Alana, um, she's actually really good in this movie. She, with the skill of acting, she's really good. And I didn't know this before, but the kid, he's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. I had no clue. Oh, hey. Hmm. Uh, Also, if you haven't seen Phantom Thread, it just got put on Netflix. So watch Phantom Thread. It's good. Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. I I was in a minority for Phantom Thread. I, I was kind of, I was like, uh, but I I think I think this probably well, I don't I didn't watch it in one sitting, and so I and I I think I was kind of in a weird mood when I first watched it. So maybe I need to give that another chance. But um, I I think it's enjoyable. I give it four out of five, so it's pretty enjoyable to me. Least, it's but. one that I might just wait for home video on, like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They actually fucked up the the release for it because when it was coming out and like critics were getting it, like people were talking about, you know, kind of like the one of the like uh, jokes about like the Asian stereotype, or whatever. Which that that part is actually pretty gross and actually not funny. Like it'd be one thing if it was funny, but it wasn't, so it just landed as gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if they kind of released the movie. And people are talking about it. It would have, I would have saw it like way earlier, but then Omicron hit, and then so then no one saw it in theaters. So it's like mm-hmm. they boofed it, like they totally fucked up. They totally fucked it up, and so it should have, like by now, it should have been on demand, like by now. Mm-hmm. But it probably won't be on demand until like February or some shit. So um, if you don't see it in theaters, that's totally fine. It's it's not like like Matrix Resurrections is a theater experience. Scream is a theater experience. Liver Speech uh, sadly is not like a, a movie experience, to mm-hmm. be honest. I'm watching the Sopranos for the first time. That's what I'm digging into. Oh uh because I was like, I gotta it's time. I've gone long enough without watching uh, the Sopranos. What uh what season are you on? I'm just like seven or eight episodes into season one. Okay, all right. So Sopranos is fucking excellent. So you made the right choice for 2022. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's it's really good. What you can watch? I guess, it. I guess Moon Knight is coming out in March, guys. They I just keep forgetting about the, that, and then I remember it exists, and then I get upset. They, they just dropped the poster. Oh, it's coming. Or is that is that the one? I, what's the the? That's not the Jared Leto vampire one. No, that's Morbius. Morbius. Oh, that which I believe trailer is coming out this month. Made me fucking furious. <laughs> <laughs> explain, Dan. Explain. I find Jared Leto to be one of the most off-putting on-screen presences <laughs> of any actor alive, and like, you're not he, wrong. He almost ruins Blade Runner twenty forty nine for me, which is a movie I like love with my soul, and I, I, although like. He's supposed to be so gross and off-putting in that movie. I guess it kind of works, but God, I hate him in everything I've seen him in. Uh, and I'm like, why do people keep giving him work at this point? You, you know, the funny shit is, so I saw House of Gucci and I didn't, I don't like House of Gucci, but he's actually the funnest part of House of Gucci, which is fun. Uh, don't tell me that. <laughs> but the thing, but I, but the funny thing is, I have like the 
inverse opinion. So people who love House of Gucci, they love it for Adam Driver and for uh, Gaga. Mm-hmm. For me, I I hated House of Gucci, and I, <laughs> I actually like I like him and I like Pacino in it. So okay. I'm like the I'm like the exact opposite of the norm opinion for that. I do want to see that one at some point. Uh... Especially because between that and the duel, which like talk about a movie I couldn't have less interest in, that's because I'm a millennial and I have my phone. So why would I need to go see the duel? Um, Uh, Last duel. Last duel. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's on HBO Max now, and apparently there's some uh, repeated uh, SVU scenes in there, so that's a little jarring to say the least. But I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I don't know yet. There might be a mood that strikes me for that one at some point, but I that was one where like <laughs> weird the whole the whole stretch of when I was able to see movies in theaters, every single movie I saw had that trailer in front of it. And by the by the time I was like, man, I like you're turning me off to this movie. I've seen this this stupid trailer so many times. That's funny. So yeah, and I mean yeah, like because that when you I and that's kind of why I'm off trailers because. You'll have like the teaser trailer, then you have the real trailer, mm-hmm. then you have the remix, and then you have the the second the release trailer, and then yeah, and yeah. then you have like tweets about it, and it's like, <laughs> like come on, man, like I don't need all that shit. I really don't. Just put the movie out. That's kind of how I feel about the Batman. So I'm and, I boy, I hope that's good. I would really like that to be cool. I I. Wish it would be good as well, but I I have no desire to continue hearing about it. Like I hope it's good, but like <laughs> I'm at the point now. I have not seen a single trailer for it. Like I watched the teaser trailer, yeah, I guess, uh, like live on the show. Um, and my thought process was, this looks ugly. Um, I do and, I do think it looks kind of bad, but I and then they released like all the costume like posters, and I was like, this looks bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, look at Catwoman, and I was like, okay, this looks bad though. Um, and I am at the point now where I I think the movie is going to be an ugly mess. Whether or not that means it's also a good movie, I'm not sure. But right now, everything I've seen is just ugly mess. <laughs> Um, that's about where I'm at too. I just, I, that's one where I would really, I'd be, I'm really gunning for that one to be good, even though there's no, yeah, it, yeah. it could be, could be bad. I think Bonet's daughter, uh, I, I think she's going to be good in it. And I just, I just don't want to see a depressed Batman anymore, man. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just really over depressed Batman. Get some Adam West up bring, in here. Bring yeah. back the Batusi. Like I'm ready. Like, I just want to see pal on the screen. Bam, whap, you know? <laughs> can can I just say that it's still really upsetting to me that the Lego Batman movie is the best uh, cinematic portrayal of Batman <laughs> in oh, the last, you're, like, you're not wrong at all. 20 years, probably. Like, since I was born, I would say objectively. Speaking of gross corporate cash grabs, I'm pretty excited for Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I, I, I like... Th- I think that thing kind of looks cool. Um... I'm kind of into the idea of, of Pixar making a 60s sci-fi movie. Yeah. Me like, too. I'm kind of here for that. Um, that said, like, any any movie that uses Starman in its trailer, I'm automatically a point, little more that, on that, board. That just gets you arrested, right? Like, if you do that, you just go to jail now. If you, you, you do. You do. You 
You do, but like I like you a little more, even though you're in jail. Like you belong House of the in Rising jail. Sun. Uh, <laughs> I again, not to bring it back to Suicide Squad, but Suicide Squad, the trailer, so good. Bohemian Rhapsody, so good. Movie starts. House of the Rising Sun <laughs> immediately. Hell yeah. And I just... Because a movie trailer company cut that movie together. So the whole thing well, is like one trailer that, after the not, other. That's not exactly what happened. They had a Warner Brothers studio cut and the trailer house cut. And then they mashed them together. Ugh, which is why a bunch of the talking and action scenes are not music video cut. <laughs> but then a bunch of the talking and action scenes And also give you whiplash are going music- between them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it, if it looks like it has the same lighting as the Jennifer Lopez on the floor music video, <laughs> that is the, the trailer cut. That's a, that's, and if it yeah, has that's a good any cut. Other, if it has any other lighting, it's from the studio cut. <laughs> Jeez. God, remember on the floor? Um, <laughs> I don't know where that reference just came from, but it it, it is out of me now. I've said it. Um, <laughs> You've purged it, and now you can yeah, move on. I don't know where it came from, but it doesn't live there anymore. Um, <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, man. All right, dude, and do that. Lovely recording. So we got some fire ass fucking takes here, man. Um, Thanks for having me again, I, guys. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Thank man. You for joining us. Uh, if if you ever want to talk about Tenet, <laughs> um, dude, actually, if you want like, me to come on and just sell Tenet for an hour, like that's <laughs> hell yeah, that's my dream. I mean, I don't want to see it. So if you want to come on and, it would and just, just explain it would just to me, be me watching the movie in real time, going, oh fuck yeah. Do you see the way he slid? Oh, fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. That was so sick. That would, it would just be that. Two hours. Should we release a commentary track on Tenet? <laughs> oh my where God. we all watch it in like a Zoom room together? <laughs> I I would do that. How dope if... I think everything is. So the, so we, we want you to start playing Tenet and watch along with us in three, <laughs> two, <Ew>. one. <laughs> Fuck, that's awesome, says Dan. Well, because that movie starts with that single note from the violin score just held there, and it's awful, and it's great. Ah, so good. (laughs) You know how Nolan just said fuck you to everybody? He just named the guy fucking protagonist. Yeah, Like, not even, even, like, David or Michael, the protagonist. Like, Jesus. Well, it's like uh, the Polar Express with Hero Boy. (laughs) I would accept the hero boy. Lonely kid. Yeah, oh my god. My uh I I believe their leader girl is the the girl. Steven Steven Tyler elf, the elf played by Steven Tyler. Jeez. Jeez. I every morning I wake up and wish I had hallucinated that movie. Anyway, (laughs) um I (laughs) hilarious. Hilarious. But yeah, thanks for having me. If you guys do another late '90s, early 2000s action tangent, I am that I'm more than happy to come talk more or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yes.
All right, duders, I will see you guys on the flip side on Letterboxd. <laughs> Have a good night. Later days, nerds. Peace. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of We Should Do This Again Sometime. Next week, we'll be back on our regular scheduled programming. But this was the 90th episode of We Should Do This Again Sometime. Uh, so we are heading toward 100. And every episode, we put a lot of love, a lot of care. Uh, but thank you for being on the journey with us. And we'll be chatting with you soon. Love. Peace. Bye. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Mad Love on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Cat and Mark. Be sure to read us at catseasmovies.tumblr.com and themarkrob.wordpress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenley. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?